Barrett and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and Ken Miller, we're with you up until noon. We appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us as we talk sports with you. The BMW of Des Moines guest list Tuesday means we dip our toe into the NFL waters. Uh, we will start at the bottom of the first hour with our friend Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, as the Packers maintain at least for now, their spot at the top of the NFC North, a huge one this weekend. Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. Dave Sinekin, 1030. The floundering Kansas City Chiefs will be in the spotlight at 1045 with our friend Nick Athen. Uh, we'll talk Chiefs with Nick, see what's up with that team. Are they waving the white flag? I wouldn't. They've got Patrick Mahomes. I know a lot of folks are, uh, but uh, I certainly think that's a little bit premature. But we'll talk Chiefs at 1045. Baseball in the spotlight at 1105. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. A phenomenal day again of MLB. Three games uh, on tap here today. And if you want baseball tomorrow... And I certainly do. The White Sox better win because that's the only game that would take place tomorrow. The White Sox and uh, the Astros going at it. That's a 107 first pitch as they make up yesterday's rained out game. Uh, lots to get to. Oh, we haven't even uh, brought up Matt Postens, who will join us at 1130. He covers uh, the Big 12 for uh, Heartland College Sports. We'll get into the Big 12. Look forward to picking his brain on the Big 12 with Oklahoma State having a terrific year. K-State, Iowa State looming. What's going to happen with the Oklahoma quarterback situation? Uh, so Matt Postens will be joining us at 11. An unbelievable Monday night football game last night. Lamar Jackson, I think, silencing some of his critics. Where do you want to start? Of course, the John Gruden news is huge, and I think it's only the tip of the iceberg. It's going to get worse uh, for the league before it gets better because those 650,000 emails that they tried to keep quiet when they released the a report on the Washington football team on July the 1st of all times to release it, right? What a new perfect time for a news dump heading into the July 4th long weekend. Um, it, it's, it's awful. Um, John Gruden needed to go. And this, look, it's way more than one email. Sure. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a pattern, folks. This is a pattern. For you Raiders fans out there, and look, I'm, I was, I'm a John Gruden football knowledge fan. But this is I mean, it's indefensible. It's, it's just indefensible. And the fact that, and I don't know how much of reporting is on this. I've seen it a couple of places. But I think this is going to be where it really starts focusing. He is exchanging topless emails of the Washington cheerleaders. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. And that's what this whole thing started about, was the culture inside the Washington football program mm-hmm. with Dan Snyder. And they hired a law firm to to look into it. And again, they released it on July the 1st, the findings, and didn't find much of anything, surprisingly enough. But now with 650,000 emails, um, these Washington cheerleaders, and they look at and the, these topless photos, they didn't sit down and pose for them. Mm-hmm. This is, this is um, hidden camera stuff. Oh, jeez. So buckle up, because this is only getting started. And so, John Gruden is done. He'll never coach again. Less than a week after these surface, he's resigned. He was going to be fired. And yet, 
Daniel Snyder and everything that's happened inside that organization pretty buttoned up. It shows again, it's better to be the guy at the top, sure, writing the checks, absolutely, as opposed to the guy absolutely. cashing the checks. Because yep. we have heard still nothing about Daniel Snyder. Uh, he's an exclusive club, one of thirty-two NFL owners, yeah. uh, with a whole lot of money. Yes, um, but it's it's going to get worse for him, Trent, in the uh, days, weeks ahead, months. I don't know uh, how long it'll go, but. Um, Look, somebody wanted this out there. Let, let's be perfectly clear. The mm-hmm. New York Times didn't come across these emails. These emails came across the New York Times. So uh, just an unbelievable, uh, incredible, awful story uh, with, with John Gruden. So we'll see what this does to the Raiders as far as they're going forward. Um, you know. <laughs> Spinning their wheels a little bit. Yeah, now. you got to yeah. think, right? you you, you got to think. Terrible story. And more of it to come. So, the game last night was unbelievable. I want to go baseball first. All right, let's do it. I want to go Dodgers-Giants. I want to start by, you went to bed. Well, for the, yeah, the eighth inning. The eighth inning. The ninth inning, yeah. So, after Brandon Crawford makes one of the most ridiculous catches. Trent, it was unbelievable. At at a playoff level. Yeah. That was enough for you. You were that tired. I I do have that little R button on my DVR. Right, right. I get tired at that time. Just how that how that one can't get you up for another no, twenty I minutes? Because I, I I jumped out of the recliner. I there was that good. I, I have no idea how he caught the baseball. I still don't either. It's their year. It's destiny, and and I, I get such a kick out. Well, I still think the Dodgers are going to win the series. <laughs> right? It's the same people that. Well, I still think the Dodgers are going to win the division. Uh-huh. Well, I still think it's that. Look, it's only the All Star break. The the Dodgers got a lot of. They've got two and a half months left. To, uh, to 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 take their respective place at the top of the division. This just in next week. I, I know the Braves are in front, but I still don't think. I, I mean, I know the Giants are in front, but I think the the Braves are coming back. It's their year. It is their year. That's what it feels like. It it's, does. They're going to find a way. They go the Dodgers seventeen and three. The last twenty games, they pick up a game. Seventeen and three. Right. The team you're chasing goes sixteen to four. Yeah, you're, I think it's a perfect way of putting it. Just yeah. it has that feeling again. Something you can't put a finger on. No, you can't put it in an algorithm. You can't put it in your computer and spit it out. There's just something it's going just there. Their year. That thing was destined for yes. rolling forever in the right. left center field gap. And Crawford, who's not a spring chicken anymore, dude's thirty four. Mm-hmm. He's never jumped that high in his life. I don't think he has. But on that play, at 34 years old, perfectly timed. It had to be at the pinnacle of his leap. His vertical's 34 inches normally, and it was 44 on that. It yeah. just And he needed all 44 of them. You can't explain right. it. That was incredible. And then late in the game, Lux with the shot, and the crowd sound. Oh, it just, my God. Gone. It, was, bo- it seemed like it. And it just settles into mm-hmm. the glove in mm-hmm. deep left field. It was playoff baseball at its finest. We yeah. talked about this early with the one-game playoffs, but there's something about even these short series, these five-gamers, they're so good. I know ultimately it is not the best way to determine the champion when you play 162 games, these short series in the one-game playoff and, and on and on and on, but the drama that mm. builds when you're playing these, it's so incredibly important. Do you get more randomness? Do you get more flukiness? Do you get the Rays getting beat by a Red Sox team that they were just a lot better than? Yeah, yeah Absolutely. But you Is also Kevin have Cash going to get any uh, any heat? Well, probably a little bit. It's Tampa. Yeah, I mean MLB and Network and pay- the like. Will. It's, the, it's, a, it's a low payroll. Yeah. It's a bunch of guys. Who are these guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 tough to watch them during the regular season. Their ballpark absolutely blows. Um, 
and he gets them there, but just can't get them across the finish line. I don't know. I just wonder if he's going to uh, give the Red Sox credit. Give the Red Sox credit again. If uh, you do still like the Dodgers, that you were saying that feels like everybody still says, "Oh, they'll find a way." Yeah. Series price right now at Circus Sports. It's not as big as you would think, or I would think. Is the, what the Giants who have to just win one of the yeah, next two, right? Minus two forty. Mm, you can get the maybe. Dodgers at two to one. Plus two of five, in fact. Yeah, a little bit better than I certainly yeah, would have anticipated. I, I there, I thought my like minus uh, about a buck eighty. I mm-hmm. would have thought somewhere in that area. Yeah, probably plus one fifty mm-hmm. on the Dodgers, something mm-hmm. in that range. Uh, Braves, Brewers, Brewers now plus two forty, and the Braves minus two eighty five. Brewers can't hit the baseball. I mean, that's no. been that's been the concern about this team all season it long. They can throw the hell out of it, but they can't hit it. Mm-hmm. And um, give the Jumbo Chuck Peterson bomb. Yeah. <laughs> my God, did he get that? That pitch was out of the strike zone. And he just crushed it into the right field. See, he's one of those, you know, we talk about all these former Cubs making an impact. Mm-hmm. Never even dawned on me. What about Jock Peterson? Wasn't around very long. No, true, but. A little I mean, bit different had, than a Rizzo yeah, or a sure, Bryant. Right. Or, the core. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brought a world championship sure. to the Cubs. Sure. Don't have those warm, fuzzy feelings about Although he did Jack have a Peterson. couple of moments as a Cub early in the season. He but did. yeah, it's a good point, Trent. There, yeah. It's not Rizzo, it's not Bryant, it's not yeah. Schwarber. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, the A-listers, if you will, the guys that will never be forgotten in the Windy City. But it was that game late, and yeah. it was also, it did actually end at a decent time. That's why I was giving you a hard time about it, because it wasn't one of these games that, you know, started at 9.30. Well, it had to be over. 11.30. Yeah, it was about that, yeah. yeah. Which is fine, you know, I still got another I think it was 5 or 10 to 11, I just you know, had enough. So I hit the R button and watched it this morning. The NFL game, though. 22-9. Trent's 22-3 in the second half. 12 minutes in the fourth. Was it in the fourth quarter? 22-3? I think it was. Early. You got a ticket. 46 and a half under. Mm-hmm. We're going to cruise in here. Mm-hmm. And here comes Lamar. I mean, is this is this a gro- coming out party for him, though, as a thrower? He's won an MVP. Yeah. He's been at the level. I don't think ultimately it changes because once they get to the playoffs, he's got to play well. That's just it. That's the knock now. He could play that level the rest of the year, but Mm -hmm. until we get to January, it ultimately doesn't matter Mm -hmm. for him. It feels like kind of the conversation is what it is, but a performance like that, I think open up a few more eyes. He was so good. And there were issues. Got running backs going the wrong way. (laughs) Trying to fumble the ball inside the five-yard line on that zone read play. Where, no, the running back's trying to take it. No, I want to keep it. Mm-hmm. Absolute. It felt like mm-hmm. disaster after disaster yeah. was almost there. And Mark Andrews, that dude. He, Trent, you know what? He's not Kelsey. No, but when we talk about the tight ends in the game, we got to start including him. Yes. He's a tick below Waller and Kittle uh, and certainly Kelsey. Yeah. But man, oh man. And but he's fourth on the him. list. He's yes, fourth on the list. I think so too. He's maybe his own tier. You got that top three. When those guys are right and mm-hmm. healthy, those are the best three. Fourth alone is Andrews, and then start market, making your arguments for the rest of the guys because he's at his own level. He was so good. The route running that he has, just that little bit of wiggle, oh. that touchdown. That's, and the two-point conversion, yes. too. Wow. Yeah. Able to get separation against mm-hmm. the safety, against the linebacker. It doesn't matter. Really, really, kind of a coming-out game for him. And I needed it. He helped me win a fantasy game last night. Uh, Calais Campbell's block. I mean, how big was that, yes. right? And uh, Blankenship, he's... Th- th- is it over for him? No, for who? For Blankenship? For Rodrigo? Well, he's hurt. They they sent the, the punter oh, on. Do you remember that? Yes. To, to kick a 48-yarder. 
And one of the Ravens jumped, moved it five yards closer, and Blankenship came on and made the kick, mm-hmm. then made another one, but then missed, or was blocked, rather. And, of course, at the end of the game, missed. Boy, kickers had a tough week in the NFL. Another Holy crap. Point. Do you like that That extra points matter again? Yeah, I do. Because it was, it was it, you know, why drama. bother? It yeah. does. Yeah. At first, I thought, eh. But I, I I know why they do it. There's it's no longer automatic, mm-hmm. and then it brings in the two point conversion. It, it makes coaches think a little bit as, as the game unfolds. If they're trying to chase, and when do you start to chase, and what are the analytics, which I don't like, uh, <laughs> but it's part of it. Um, you know when when does it say that you, you should be doing that? So. Yeah, it was fun. It was a great, and I didn't think it was going to be much of a game. I really did. Yeah. I thought that Baltimore's going to crush them. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm just not sold on that Colts. Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. He was good last night. He was better. He yeah. was better. Yes, absolutely. And and think of the stretch here, the first five, and it looked like for a while the Colts were going to find a way. And I was already trying to find future tickets on them to win the AFC South. Mm-hmm. That's what, the reason I was going that direction. So this is how they open up: Seahawks, Rams, Titans. Dolphins, who they won, and then the Ravens. It gets a lot easier from here. They get the Texans next week. Mm-hmm. They get the 49ers, who... Have nobody not, a quarterback. Right. Kind of a mess. Right. Trey Lance is hurt now. Titans, terrible defense. Well, it's, that, that's, for the, that's for the division. Yes. I mean, the two games that they'll play. Jets, and then the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. It's not a stretch no. that all of a sudden this Colts team rips off... Four out of five at the very least, yeah, and they're right there to win. And, the and Circus got to have the Titans as favorite to win that division, I would think, right? Yeah, I yeah, for sure. So, yeah, for sure. At this point, anyways, right? Yeah, and I don't think it's huge by any means. I'll see if I can find those at Circa as they're uh, bringing out their limited menu. Still a couple weeks away from the full. Yeah, launch so it's, of Circa. they're not. They're going to kind of hold off until they get to the state, right? Which right. is the first week in November that yeah. they're actually going to be in state. Yeah, I just see the championship yes-nos right now. Gotcha. I don't see any divisions up at the Circus Sports app. But, yeah, it's uh, a team that I'm at least – I'm circling right now, a Colts future, and heading that route. That's where we are today. Lamar making the plays. Oof. Fun game last night. It and- was. And we got, we got college football tonight. Yes, we do. I'm going to watch some of it. This is a uh, – this is an important game in the belt. It is, and especially if you got a teams. happy state future, as oh, I do told you? people to do this summer. Yeah, yeah. five to one. Okay. Oh, happy state. And they're a slight favorite, Laying right? four and a half. Yeah. I think a lot of people, Louisiana, okay, last year, really good. Mm-hmm. Return a lot of te- players, mm-hmm. of course, quarterbacks back. Levi Lewis, yeah. Everybody except for the running back spot, one of those guys that's playing the NFL right now, is back on that squad. But they've been disappointing, especially defensively this year, the Raging Cajuns have been. Mm-hmm. I think I'll be on the Appy State side, but we'll make some picks a little bit later. Well, on the their, only, their only loss is the week one loss against Texas, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of folks liked, uh, uh, thought that you know mm-hmm. Texas is up against it. Look what happened the, last year when they came to Ames. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's got a chance to be a good game. Well, I hope the baseball's good tonight. Right. Because sadly, you know, we're, these games are starting to become fewer and fewer and fewer. It's such a special month, you you March folks out there. Just admit it, you're wrong. <laughs> There's more depth and breadth in October. That's just it, right? Oh, and by the way, happy opening day. Opening day. It's the NHL opening. Trent, they still play hockey. Trent, they haven't played hockey. It's been two months. They haven't played. <laughs> we haven't seen the NHL all of uh, all of August and all of September. Thank God it's finally back. Jets play tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Who's the lid lifter for your Jets? I, uh, they're in Anaheim. In Anaheim. Yeah, taking on the Ducks. But um, I'm actually curious to see 
because ESPN has it, they do. TNT has it, and they both spend a lot of money on their talent. I think they made a horrible mistake with Wayne Gretzky. Oh, really? He is va- as vanilla as vanilla can be. Kind of like Joe Montana, how bad yes, he was. Yes, I remember. The, you know what? Bang. That is excellent. Montana, one of the gr- best to ever play his position. As smart of a guy as you're going to Absolutely. find at that spot. 99, the smartest guy you will ever find at that spot was, was behind the net. Um, he's Awful on TV. Terrible on TV. We'll see. Uh, I want to go to, I want to talk about Iowa State. We was having their media day today, so was Iowa. So we'll get uh, um, Michael Swain, our buddy, in here tomorrow. Seems like it's been forever since we spoke to him. Five weeks do that. Yeah, it absolutely does that. So um, I think this is a real tricky spot for the Clones on Saturday night. You do. I do. So I like Kansas State coming into the year, Mm -hmm. as you did. Mm -hmm. In fact, maybe... This but might I have liked been, Iowa State better. Yeah, oh yeah. I think this actually might have been one of the L's that I put there when we did our W and L of the season. I don't like this K-State team as much. Defense starting to show some cracks. Mm-hmm. Skylar Thompson is the difference, oh, as sure. we know. Yeah. They got some dudes. They've so, got some you're, guys. You're concern, more concerned about this well, game, maybe just, even than I am. It's just it's Manhattan. They yeah. don't win there. It's true. They this don't. is a different program, though. Sure. Than many of those. And I think a different Kansas State program yeah. in a lot of ways. I like Kleiman. I think Kleiman's good. He's, He's good. the right guy for that gig. Yeah. Um, Can they, they win they, at the heights that they did before? Yeah. That's, that's Here, a tall here's, task. here's my concern, and, and maybe it's a me thing. I don't know enough about Iowa State. I don't know if they're good or not. Right. I thought they were going to go to the college football playoff. Now, since Iowa is, do I get half a point? No. No, I don't get half a point. No. Okay. So um, they beat Nevada. I mean, UNLV. Mm-hmm. Eh, they beat Kansas. Everybody's beating Kansas. Except South Dakota. Okay. They struggled against UNI, whose quarterback entered the transfer portal yesterday. Right. What do you make of this clone team? You're right. We don't know. We think we know, but you don't I certainly know. thought we knew. Go back to August. Most everybody returning. Most everybody, absolutely. Going to kill Iowa. Yes. Matt Campbell's Matt Campbell's finally going to get past Ferentz. Uh-huh. And he's still got that. Wait wait till you see him in week one. They're going to come out. They're going to be hair on fire. They're going to kill the Panthers. This thing could get ugly. And take absolutely nothing away from the Kansas State-Iowa State game a year ago. Because Kansas State was decimated. Yeah, you know, it's so... That's what I'm starting to really um, realize. Just how... You almost have to draw a line through 2020. Sure. Don't you? Yeah. It, there was so much randomness Absolutely. to it. There were, look at Michigan. In fact, if Michigan would have played those final two games against Iowa mm-hmm. and against Ohio oh. State, they would have got beat by 30 by Iowa, Absolutely. by 50 by Ohio State, no. and Jim Harbaugh wouldn't be the coach. Probably not. If those two games played out in that fashion, uh-huh. there is no way you can bring Harbaugh back. And here they are. Yeah. Undefeated. Everything's still in front of them. Mm-hmm. Finding ways to win football games, doing things that Jim Harbaugh teams, at least the last couple of years, have not done. Now, they have their own limitations. They have their own problems. But you're right. You look across college football in the landscape from a year ago. Alabama, that team might be the best college football team we have ever seen. Well, Nick Saban, if you recall, said that was his best team. Saban said that. Saban, a guy that doesn't right. exactly no. throw a praise yes. like it's a dime a dozen. Right. A guy that keeps it pretty close to the vest. Uh-huh. And he was willing to say that. You just don't know because of the goofiness. They played an SEC schedule. They played mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. against the SEC. That's what their schedule was until the college football playoff and then the way that they dominated in the playoff. It's wild to think about when you look back upon it, what it was, and how history is going to remember 2020. 
From a sports perspective. Right. Yeah. Uh, especially college football. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in the MLB, too. Look, it was a truncated season. Eight teams in each league made the playoffs. Oh, which was fun. It was. <laughs> it was fun. Um, Unless your team gets swept 2 nothing by these stupid Astros. Yeah, I'm with you. Boy, those stupid Astros. What if they get... What if it... It's not going to be Dodgers aren't getting there. What, but I was going to say is... Dodgers. What if it's Astros, Dodgers again? Yeah. How good would that be? Might get Astros against the Red Sox. There's a little bad blood also brewing there, though the Mm -hmm. Red Sox also had their own cheating issues. Mm -hmm. Kind of funny how that one just kind of skirted away, isn't it? It uh, it was kind of overshadowed. Yeah. No doubt about that. So you you came bouncing in here this morning, and you and your buddies are getting your tickets for, or not your tickets, right? Your hotel rooms for Indianapolis, Mm -hmm. and you should. Because, man, oh, man, at, at this point, I mean, they look like, I hate to say a lock to get there, sure. but it's pretty darn close. And then you jumped on your phone, and you're looking at flights. Yes. Trent, $193 Des Moines to Indianapolis return? Yes. What are Hawk fans waiting for? It's a great question. So I just looked. I'm not going to fly. I'm going to be driving. But just was interested to see what it was going to be. And this isn't 6 a.m. and come back at 11.30 at night. No, this is actually leave after work on Friday, get to Indianapolis by 10 o'clock, and then you get the first flight out the next morning. I thought you said 9.30. Uh, that's when you'd arrive back. Oh, you're right. so it is an early flight back. It, yes, early okay. flight back, but right. still, yeah. party all night after a championship, figure out well, those plans for, for yourself, the college football playoff. Party all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know better than that. You might be sleeping in the press box. <laughs> 191 bucks though right That's now you can incredible. get incredible get to indianapolis leave friday back on sunday uh-huh. and you can make that so what's what, what's what's the thought pro i don't want to jinx it right I I there's always thing, that they're gonna lose to purdue minnesota's gonna pick them off and this purdue game scares I the crap out I of me i don't see it I have really, you watched iowa purdue the last four I years i have yes. i know you have so all of a sudden that's not a good roster and this defense for the hawkeyes i I maybe throw this word around too much. It starts with an E. They're elite. They are, but it's still Purdue, the team yeah. that beat them last year. Xander Horvath can't won't play. They still got David Bell. Uh huh. He still plays. Yeah. Phil Parker still coaches. Uh huh. And he has had circles run around him the last four years yep. by Brom. Mm-hmm. Brom's staff has put together a great game plan yep. every single time. What they do and what Iowa does. It has not been a very good marriage for the Hawkeyes. So, if this wasn't your fear factor about your squad, would you, <laughs> you, 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 you still would worry about this game? If this was just you and Bama Bob and I are talking on yeah. Friday, and we don't follow the Hawks, we don't care about them, and this is one of our games, yeah. you, would you think you would it's, have that? It's number two, Ole Miss. You got letdown spot. You got an environment that's not going to be the same as the mm-hmm. week before. You got a team that can throw the ball and have done still it sold out though. But I get, I get the environment. Yes. It means it's sold out, but still, yeah, it's not going to be. I mean, it'll be tough to match that. Yeah, right. You, you just can't. Yeah. That was a once in a lifetime kind of might be kind of crowd. That's how good it was. Well, going you to be. were there and you've been to 150 of them. <laughs> that tops your list. Yes, yeah, it was that good. There just it feels like there's a confluence of events here that this thing could be sticky at the very least. Riley Moss. Not on the yeah, depth chart. Yeah, so we'll find out today, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I got the depth chart. I never even noticed that. He's not listed. I, I heard that last night. Uh, I didn't see it myself. I've got it right in front of me. He's not listed. Yeah, not listed. No. Nope. Right? So now you're going with the backup. They don't flip. It's not like Hankins is going to be following David Bell around the field because that's not what Iowa defense nope. does. Nope. Just feels like there's a lot of things yep. that Terry can Roberts be listed as the starter. And he's good. How about Plummer this year? You know his numbers? Completing 70% of his passes. 
Seven touchdowns. But how many games does no he picks. play? Because I watched O'Connell play the last one. Right, and O'Connell is not very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and maybe famous last words. Jack Plummer, though, if he's healthy, he's right. That's mm-hmm. a scary proposition, too. Yeah, Purdue quarterbacks get hurt a lot. Yeah, what is up with I don't that? know, but seemingly they do. Yeah. Huh. Because the because uh, Plummer's the kid from Arizona, right? Uh, I'm not sure. What I he's think from. he made. Did he make his first start against Iowa a couple years back, two years back, something Maybe. like that? But uh, they they just feel like they're kind of a dime a dozen quarterbacks, and they just throw a bunch out there. Mm-hmm. Plummer's been the better, certainly of the two between him and O'Connell this year. And they're coming There's off a bye. One. They are so to extra time to prepare, you know. even more time for Brown to scheme. Yeah, I still don't see it. I, I th- yeah. So you're concerned about Iowa State at K State? Well, I just don't know Iowa State. Yeah. I just don't know Iowa State. I mean, they got some dudes, clearly. And Kohler's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brees Hall is healthy. And so they should be fine, but I don't know. I mean, they look really fine against UNLV in Kansas. Well, the two teams they teams played do. with the Pulse that are at the higher levels of the sport. Pick them up. No, I think half. Baylor's good. I think so, too. Yeah, I think Baylor's good. And they lost and that I know game. Iowa is. And they lost that game. Right, that's what I mean. So if we put K-State in that category, because they're better than UNLV, Kansas, and UNI. Sure. Maybe you're on to something. Beat here. Stanford. Beat Stanford. Stanford beat Oregon. Eh? Eh? Transitive properties over here. <laughs> uh, we'll talk NFL next. Dave Sinekin is theheadcheese.com. Nick Athen, primetimesports.com. We will do those two teams today. Uh, and then baseball conversation with Matt Snyder. Big 12 conversation with Matt Postens. It's Miller and Condon. We're on 1460 KXNO 106. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Nick Athen on the floundering Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, coming up here in about 10 minutes. You love rubbing that in. Well, as, look, at um, anybody knows floundering, it's me. I cheer for the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Wham, wham. <laughs> uh, let's get to Dave Sinekin. Theheadcheese.com. His Packers are on a roll. Dave, good to talk to you, as always. Uh, before we get into that, uh, your son Dylan looks like a young Quentin Nelson. Uh, watch <laughs> I mean, my God, I feel bad for those kids he's going up against. Uh, talk, uh, Brag about your son for a minute, because boy, oh boy, he looks like he could be a player. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Um, yeah, he's a junior, kind of came on things late, kept growing and, and eating and getting pretty big. And uh, I, I credit his uh, sixth-grade teacher who told him to go out for high school football, uh, which he did in ninth grade. He's a junior now, and he's up to about six one, two eighty, and he's a strong kid. And he's playing left guard, more of a T.J. Lang for me. Okay. Yeah. Wearing number 70 like T.J. Lang. But they're having some success. They're 5-1 and one and, and ranked in the top 10, and – he seems to be uh, getting better and better, so it's been a lot of fun, and we post his highlights every week, and uh, just having a good time with it, and hopefully we got a big uh, matchup of another top-10 team at home Friday night, so we'll hope for a good thing. Absolutely. Well, we'll hope that his phone starts ringing or emails start coming in with schools that might be interested uh, in your son. That's, uh, that's quite a story. Um, proud father moment for you, Dave Sinekin. Good for you. So let's get to your Packers. Um, I can't, we got to start with Mason Crosby, right? I mean, an unbelievable career. Dave, I don't think, and I know, I think I can speak for a lot of NFL fans. We've never seen anything like the end of that game, Dave. Wow. Um, I think for the first time in my life, I could not watch the last kick. I, I literally left my family room, went across the house, waited about 90 seconds, walked back to my family room and saw that the Giants-Cowboys game was on and realized he must have made it, otherwise they'd still be playing. So that's, that's where I was. So I can't imagine where his, his head was 
after making three field goals earlier in the game, there is a problem with that that unit for some reason. We saw the Steelers uh, almost and probably did block a field goal the week before. Uh, Matt LaFleur was quick to point out, look at the tape, and we can't put this all on Crosby. There's some issues up front. It's just the latest in serious special teams gaffes that this organization's had to deal with for years. They can't seem to get special teams right. And so the wind, uh, the doinked extra point all got into his head, and I don't think he's real comfortable with the protection, maybe rushing things a bit. But, yeah, that was this wacky uh, Mm. sequence from the three-minute mark through overtime, five missed field goals. Uh, Not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. Metrics do not love this Packers team. As they've ripped off four consecutive, they get it done in weird fashion against Cincinnati over the weekend. You know, it's not about analytics, I get that, but what is it about this team? They're winning football games, but I guess, at least according to some people, not not doing in the fashion, oh, here they go, they're 4-1 and one again, it's the Packers being the Packers, yet some numbers don't match up. Where are you with this team when you, you kind of see some of those numbers? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, every team has injuries they're dealing with, no question. The Packers are playing without four of their best eight players right now. Uh, you take half of your you know top eight players on most teams, you're going to struggle. Uh, no J.R. Alexander, no Zedaria Smith on defense, and their top two offensive linemen and Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. So you're, you're losing something when four all-pro type players are missing from your team. That's, that's number one. Number two for me is just something that was a strength last year has been a real weakness this year. That's red zone, both sides of the ball. Green Bay settled for field goals against Cincinnati, got really conservative. Once they got even inside the 10-yard line, it was run, run, incompletion field goal and that was just the opposite of how Matt LaFleur called games in the red zone last year they called it the gold zone because they were so prolific mm-hmm. and productive in the red zone so that's been a problem and defensively uh, they're the only team in football that's allowed touchdowns every time a team has reached the red zone this year 13 wow. for 13 that's hard to do especially yes. if you <laughs> call yourself a Super Bowl contender so I think for me that's why they don't look quite right yet because they're getting down to the goal line and really struggling on both sides of the ball. But there's lots to like about a lot of young guys that have stepped up and Rodgers still playing at the level that, you know, you hoped he would. So um, they're in a period of their schedule, a couple games, Bears and Washington, where they should be able to handle things and then things get a whole lot mm. tougher. And they'll hope to get some guys back by that time. Yeah, including those back-to-back roadies. Uh, what, Arizona is one of them? Chiefs the other one? I think think yes. uh, boy oh boy he was end october begin november i want to ask you about those two guys on defense uh smith and alexander you know my love for jair alexander he's one of the best corners in the league did they designate them to return this year or is our what i guess whether the status with smith and alexander may we see them it sounds like it's really unlikely we're going to see zadarius smith with the back surgery that they really waited a long time there's some weird stuff going on between him and the organization. He was hoping for a new deal, even though he had a couple years left. Um, and then he was not designated captain by his teammates, and he reacted kind of snarkily on Twitter. Um, so I I just think things aren't going real well, unfortunately. I don't think Zadarius comes back. And Jair, we'll know in a couple of weeks. They're, they're hoping that shoulder calms down and they see signs of healing and that they can just rest him and he'll be able to come back. But there's still a, a strong possibility that they'll look at that shoulder in a couple of weeks and shut him down for the season. So mm. we're kind of holding our breath because, as I've said uh, here on the radio in the Twin Cities, there's no doubt in my mind Green Bay is going to win the NFC North, winner without Jair Alexander. 
but I don't think they get to a Super Bowl without him. I don't think they shut down Cowboys, Buccaneers, mm-hmm. uh, any of the, the top NFC teams in those passing attacks without their shutdown corner. So uh, that that's a real big development and something that I think we'll know in the next two or three weeks where that sits. Kind of out of nowhere, Devondre Campbell. Saw a story with him, uh, I think it was in the Post-Gazette up in Green Bay, just talking about where he's come from, what he did, former Golden Gopher that hung around, looked like he might be out of a job, and here he is playing at a very high level there at the linebacker spot for the Packers. Yeah, he had a solid season in Arizona a year ago. You know, he's got things you like. He's tall, uh, he's fast, and he doesn't miss games. Yet he's been kind of a journeyman his first three or four years. And when Green Bay signed him, it was just like, well, here we go again. You know, ignore the speedy, athletic inside linebacker in the draft and just find a guy off the street and hope he can do something. Well, this time it sounds like, looks like, they finally have hit gold because he's been just fantastic. I mean, he passes the eye test. If you just watch a game, you see him around the ball all the time. You know, Chris Barnes is the other inside linebacker who was undrafted out of UCLA who really looked good last year but just couldn't stay on the field. And that's been his issue again this year. When he's out there like he was Sunday, Chris Barnes can be a difference maker alongside Campbell. But he just hasn't been able to stay healthy, which I think was one reason Green Bay looked at Jalen Smith, to make sure they had two guys healthy at all times. But it starts with Campbell. You know, he's got the the uh, communications device in his helmet. He's running that defense. And uh, he's been the real reason that I think that side of the ball has gotten better and better. I was so disgusted when I went to that Lions game on Monday night how bad that defense looked in the first half, but they've um, continued to get better. And uh, I'm really kind of excited about where this defense might be. And it starts with guys like Campbell, who they just kind of found off the street, and it looks like he's found a home. Uh, Last thing for you, Dave Sinekin. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. For you Packer fans, you can hear him on the radio both Saturday and Sunday morning, Sunday morning uh, Packer preview. Um, The Bears, I I really like their defense. I like to watch them because I like to see the development of Justin Fields offensively, and they got a couple of young receivers. Mooney looks good, and I think this Komet's starting to come into his own as well. Uh, How do you see this game, Dave? Um, Kind of give us a a one-minute breakdown of what we might see on Sunday? Well, we know it's the NFL's oldest rivalry, and uh, it's always a great game when the Packers and Bears play. Uh, it's usually a Packers victory as well. They're 19-3 and their last 22 games against the Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just flat does not lose in Soldier Field. So I expect, uh, you know, with Chicago's offense where it's sitting, David Montgomery unlikely to play. Justin Fields, a project who I think has a Terrific future if he gets a real coach in there to help him develop, but he's not in a place right now where he's going to battle Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Chicago's defense is very good, but the Packers know it well, and they know how to attack it. It feels like a Randall Cobb kind of day. He's had great moments at Soldier Field. Uh, You have to believe that the Bears are going to do everything they can to take Devontae Adams out of the game, uh, unlike uh, what Cincinnati did last week. And if they do that, there should be some opportunities uh, Valdez Scantling's still out one more game on IR. That does change how teams could defend Reed Bay because there's no deep threat that they have to worry about and keep a safety back there. So, uh, you know, I think Reed Bay is going to use that quick passing attack to, uh, get, you know, not worry too much about the Bears' pass rush because Green Bay is playing a very, uh, makeshift offensive line right now, but they've handled three really tough fronts the last three weeks, you know, in San Francisco and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, and they've held their own. So, uh, I expect Rodgers to cook like he does at Soldier Field, 
uh, the Packers to take care of business. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, KFAN Saturday and Sunday morning up in the Twin Cities. Packer preview this week, 7 or 8 a.m.? Uh, we're back to 7. Now, we got a nice reprieve last week with the Gophers bye week, but we're back at our unusually early, uh, unfortunate <laughs> time on 7 o'clock the rest of the way. Good stuff. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. See ya. Yep, take care. Dave Sinekin, headcheese.com. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. He's next. 1460 KXNO 106. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. About 10 minutes before the hour of 11. 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. 11 o'clock hour. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com on MLB. 11.30, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports on the Big 12 right now. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. He joins us to talk about those, this can't be right, two and three Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> What's going on, Nick Athen? How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? All good. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know if it is or it's, it isn't with this. Look, here's the good news. Washington, Tennessee, and the Giants, the next three. So they should be able to you know, put some wins up. But will that be kind of um, clouding um, what, what, what ails this defense? Because they're not going up against potent offenses, maybe with the exception of Tennessee. Um, because this defense, Nick, certainly got some warts, and you've been all over that most of the season. Uh, what Can anything can – anything, uh, be done to change that? I don't know if it's more, I think it's more potholes than anything else, and there's a lot of them consecutively lined up across the field, but you know, I, listen, it, it isn't like they're going to be able to trade for a player because there's a couple of things. One, they don't have the cap space. Unless they extend Matthew or they extend um, Hill with their only two options, um, then they'll create some cap space, but if the Chiefs season tanks, you know, they're draft slot is going to be, you know, 17 to 21. And, you know, I don't think Beach would be very smart, in my view, to trade, uh, you know, that that pick, uh, first-round pick if he wants to get a top-tier talent. Now, there's going to be a lot of fire sales, so that can do that. But on the field, it's pretty simple. You put Thornton on the bench. You put Thornhill out there. You play Baker more. Um, you know, I think the Hughes experiment is pretty much over. He just, he just doesn't understand this defense. Um, get Chris Jones back. You know, somebody light a firecracker underneath uh, Frank Clark and quit making excuses and go out there and play football like he's getting paid to. And, you know, same with Jared Reed. You know, it, it, it's, it's interesting. The Chiefs are three turnovers away from – or four turnovers away from being undefeated. The Ravens are, you know, a few turnovers in some weird circumstances of being known five. So – you know, you just never can figure out the NFL, but um, this is not going to be fixed this season. They may get better. Maybe this is the team of two years ago where they, the second half of the season, when they did have a lighter schedule, you know, they start playing really good defense. That's about all we can hope for right now. Nick, it seems like everyone's just pointing at Daniel Sorensen, but one guy doesn't make a defense here. He's had mistakes, and he had a couple of big ones on Sunday right. night here, but this is a bigger issue than replace Daniel Sorensen and everything will at least get better. What else, outside of Sorensen's awfulness, what else do you see in some of the big issues with this D? Well, you know, like I said, I think the biggest issue with the liability with Hughes at corner, Fenton played great. That's the best football I've ever seen him play, mm. you know, through four quarters. So, you know, he could replace Ward. You know, they, they kept Ward. He's kind of struggled this year as well, um, you know, just because they, they didn't know what else they had on some of the, the new guys. 
Baker has yet to really develop, but he needs more playing time because I think he's their, their really good. Uh, Sneed has to play like he played last year. That's, that's hurting him, too. And then the linebacker play. I mean, Willie Gate got in there, and the defense was a little bit better in the second half outside of some gaffes, you know, with, with gap assignments and tackling. You know, he made a difference on the field. Um, so they just have to get more of a push. I mean, the front four is not going to sack the quarterback. So they're going to have to bring blitzes, and they're going to have to be active with their linebackers, and they're going to have to bring corners and safeties. And, you know, guys like Matthew have to take a direct line to the quarterback instead of bouncing at the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's a lot of little things. If, if they fixed half of them, if this defense was like 25th in the league, you know, that's enough. That's, that's all it has to be, which is a pretty low bar. But honestly, you know, the coaching staff has got to stop, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, as I mentioned my former good buddy Bob Sutton until he was driven out of town, you can't fit square pegs and round holes in the defense. You can't play guys because you like them or you think they understand the defense better than the other guy who's better. Um, somehow that's gotten lost with Steve Spagnola. I don't understand it. I'm sure that's going to change uh, because, you know, Hughes was the first step. Sorensen needs to be next. But Willie Gay's got to be on the field, too. You know, if there is maybe a silver lining in all of this, it's it's not like they've had an easy schedule. They've played the who's who of the AFC. I mean, they beat the Browns, who absolutely are a playoff team. They lost to the Ravens, who looked really good last night. The Chargers picked them off, and the Bills got them on Sunday night. So this is the who's who, the upper echelon of the AFC that they've measured themselves against. Um, you know, I want to go to the offense. And, they, and Trent brought him up a couple of weeks ago. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, he had 13 yards. Is that all he had the other day? And they, it's not like they, uh, they're overworking him by any means. What's going on there, Nick? You know, they're, they're frustrated with him. Um, you know, he's not, he's not running like he did a year ago. He's running with his head down. He's not looking at the holes. I mean, if we had a faster running back or a cream hunt type with some of these lines, uh, these holes that have opened up, you know, you'd be talking about a five out of a 500, 600 yard rusher already. Um, they are talking to the Colts about Marlon Mack. He is uh, mm-hmm. he's on the trade box. The Chiefs are one of those teams that are, I will say, very interested at this stage. If it happens, I would expect it would happen today before the team gets back for practice tomorrow. Clyde Edwards Hilaire with a, with an M- MCL strain. The problem is he's just running. He's just he's not cutting back. He's not doing anything that he did at LSU, and he's not a feature back. And the Chiefs again. This is a square peg in a round hole. This is a guy who's coming in third down. They're not even utilizing in passing situations as they should. Um, so I think it's a lack of confidence by the Chiefs, the lack of confidence with the player. And, again, this might not be the right scheme, um, you know, for, for his talents at the moment um, until he starts doing some of the other things that he knows he can do. And right now he ain't going to be doing anything for at least four to six weeks. Patrick Mahomes is great. This is not a rip Patrick Mahomes conversation. But some of the tendencies, some of the concerns at Texas Tech when defense was god-awful and he had to try to do everything, mm-hmm. maybe creeping in here a little bit. Is that at least a fair thought to have, that some of those bad mistakes that he made in the past back when he was in college and the Knoxa came along with it, could they be creeping back in here because of the defensive issues? Oh, they're absolutely at the forefront. I mean, they're they're at the complete forefront of the troubles with this offense. You can you can you can get around the tackle. The, both tackles not playing great passing situations. You can get around the receivers running the wrong routes. You can't get around the fact that Patrick Mahomes is in the same spot right now that he was in college, and it's a bad spot to be in. 
it's a bad spot to be in because he does things that you know he he, he can't do. Like the the fourth and five play, I think when he tried to force the ball to Kelsey, you know he had McKinnon wide open in the flat would have been an easy first down, and he looked at him, and he still threw it to Kelsey in triple coverage. He's just not making the good decisions because he does feel he has to be perfect. He he knows going into every single drive, he has to score seven points because his defense is so woeful. And the amount of pressure that's on him, not 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 just the team pressure, you got the fan base, you've got everybody who has put this kid in a, on a pedestal to be the next Tom Brady. Well, he's not the next Tom Brady yet. He hasn't proven he could be the Tom Brady yet. Now, he may this year with a bad start and they have to win three on the road and they win a Super Bowl. Yeah, then we can have that conversation at some point. Chiefs are going to have to win a road playoff game to advance, and this is probably going to be that year. But for right now, this is the biggest concern I've had for this football team. When they didn't spend the right draft capital on defense, they didn't buy the right players, they gambled and lost, and it's coming back to haunt them. They spent all that money in the offensive line, and Mahomes knows, okay, I've got to be great. I've got to be special. I've got to make plays every single time I throw the ball, and his footwork is off, his arm angles are off. Everything right now, he's not running when he can. It's just, it's just out of sync completely, and it does fall on Patrick to fix, and he can fix it, and he will fix it, I have no doubt, but he has to take the pressure off himself, or Andy has to do it, and they're going to have to be a little bit more creative offensively because they were, they were flat from a creativity standpoint. We didn't see any reverses. We didn't see any end of rounds. We didn't see any you know, wide receiver runs. You, know, you put Tyreek in the backfield, maybe you do that more often just to get him touches. So, I mean, there are things that they can do, but for right now, Pat Mahomes is his own worst enemy, and he, he's got to change the way he plays on Sunday. Our Chiefs conversation all season long brought to you by Graphite Construction Group. Nick, uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for coming on primetimesportstalk.com, primetimesportstalk.com for Nick. Thank you, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen on the Kansas City Chiefs. Baseball conversation kicks off hour number two. Matt Poston's on the Big 12. We're here until noon, 1460 and 106.3 FM.